welcome to episode 126 of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and joining me tonight, Mark Chazzy Ray. Hello. And back from the wilderness, or decorating, or whatever he was doing, it's Nick. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. How are good. you guys? Good, good. Not bad. We've missed you. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, I've been really busy with uh, work and decorating, and my, my room is blue now, if you can see. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, looks, it looks good. It's well decorated. Looks oh, like... thank you. I'm resisting all urges to go dabu dee dabu da. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's... Oh, man. <laughs> all right, before we get sidetracked by terrible 90s Euro pop, uh, let's jump into what we've been playing. Um, Nick. You've probably been playing the least as you've been doing grown-up things. Pretty much, yes. Um, <laughs> what have you been playing? The own, Well, I've played two games pretty much, and one of them was only for about 10 minutes. Uh, the main <laughs> one, of course, is uh, The Division 2, mm-hmm. uh, which I know you two have been playing as well. Yep. Um, yeah. There's not really much to say about The Division 2. It's just more of The Division, but better. I mean, they've essentially just taken what was already a very good game and fixed the flaws with it and it's it's the jump from uh destiny uh, even destiny 2 to destiny forsaken so far at least anyway they, they've really nailed it first time yes yes i've been all over it that is it is my my main game um yeah i'm i'm, I'm absolutely devouring it at the moment but um <clears throat> what i'm finding is that i'm enjoying exploring the world which I didn't really do in the Division 1. There seemed to be a lot more kind of um, moments where I'm drawn in by seeing a, a glowy bit of loot and then going, oh, actually, this is an underground car park. Oh, I can walk through here. And oh, this goes through another building and there's more loot in here. And then I'm just, all of a sudden, I've lost an hour through just wandering through different like underground car parks and through buildings and up a ladder and... You know, and then I'm and I'm off, and I'm suddenly on the other side of like sort of four blocks away. And uh, mm. yeah, I I didn't do that in it. I didn't get to do that in in a division one, and um, that's been quite interesting because I'm now finding out that there's all these kind of hidden secret missions and things that I've I've been hearing about that people are stumbling over that I'm really want to go and search out and try and find because they sound fascinating. See, I haven't been doing any of that. I've been treating it like a Diablo-esque sort of game and just trying to get to the level cap and the end game as quick as possible. So just mainlining the main story and then yeah. you know whatever uh, stuff will get will bag me the most XP to hit the, <laughs> the level cap, which is what I hit today. Um, but then I haven't actually done any of the stuff past that, so I can't speak to what the end game stuff's like. But yeah, um. But I'm getting into that phase now where I I'm I'm knowing I'm not obviously having hit level cap on because I'm just too busy messing around really, um, and I really should get on with it I suppose. But I'm just having too much fun being in that world. And I know you were saying before about you weren't too sure whether DC give will give you the same kind of vibe that uh, like like Christmas New York did. But I'm finding that I there's something about this world that I just want to constantly explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot more. When I was playing it with uh, Andy from Codec Moments, uh, I, I I got a very really sort of Fallout vibe from the world. It's mm. it, because 
obviously it's now set six months on from where it was before. Before, the world was just in the brink of going to shit. I mean, it's like the UK at the moment. Mm. Um, <laughs> but in Division 2, it's now sort of six months, 12, 12 months on or something. Yeah. And it just feels more like nature's taking over, you know. There's, there's bits of over, everything's overgrown now. And the world just seems a lot more... I don't want to say it feels more wastelandy. Established, yeah. Established, and also you've got all these little settlements and camps that are set up. It really is very Fallout uh, yeah. in the way they've done it, but obviously not as far down as Fallout went. But like like you say, it, it just is, whenever you start walking in one direction, you're always going to find something to do, something happening, yeah. um, or just anything, really. It's, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's what we were saying on the last episode, that you'll always stumble into something at some point and i'm just yeah. finding that i'm playing this game as like kind of whereas i used to sort of so sit down and play say fifa or Trapmania turbo and something a bit more sort of throw away just to literally pass the time i'm now finding i keep going back into the division to do that instead mm. and just wandering the world and seeing what i can find and seeing who who i stumble across or don't stumble across and whatever but mm. And then I'm getting to that stage now where rather than doing the main missions, I was saying to you earlier that that I'll, I'd rather go and you know you keep getting these like calls for help. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to think maybe I should get into doing a bit of sherpering and kind of no, helping don't answer people them. through missions. Don't answer. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody answers mine, so I'm going like to be the one. Earlier, they they literally don't tell you how to answer these calls unless it happens in the main story somewhere. It literally I... sits, it's in the bottom corner and it's got a tiny little icon that looks like the trackpad. They the, need to uh, work yeah. on their UI. It's just it's yeah. terrible. But then <laughs> even even then, like I uh, the first time, first few times I saw that, like uh, another agent needs your help, and you get the little uh, orange beam coming up from your shoulder, and like I saw the thing to hit the touchpad, so I hit that, and then it brought up the map, and I was like, okay, what now? And yeah. it didn't yeah. tell you that they need you then have to like locate where the little exclamation mark is on the map, and and you know and and select it before it will actually not- throw you in because it, it because it says like a specific you know player name is asking for help and you think yeah. that by hitting the touchpad it'll just automatically put you Zip in their you instance there. bounce you it into doesn't. the game it doesn't uh, and it doesn't explain it very well there there are there are a lot of problems with the ui in that game the menu mm. system i never want to see another exclamation mark as long as i live because <laughs> i i cannot get rid of them like i tried i went into you go into the section for your progress and on every single section, on every single tab, there's exclamation marks. And you go in there and it's just lists and lists and lists. And you have to tab down over every single one of those on every single tab um, to make sure the exclamation marks go away. And then five minutes later, it's back again. Like, yeah, I mean, they've, they've done a lot of quality of life improvements, but there are still some subtle tweaks to be made. Like one thing I really like is if you, when you go to pick loot up, you can pick it up as junk. So then it's ready to deconstruct later or whatever. Yeah. Which really saves a lot of time. If, if you see, and if you hover over it, you can see the preview of it and see essentially it's lower than whatever you've got already. Just pick it up as junk. It, it, it's a nice, really small feature. Um, but like you say, the fact that they haven't got a just mark all as seen or whatever, it, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. The other thing I will say is quite annoying, especially if you're playing with headphones and you're in a party. You know when one a person in your squad is down, the the little robot voice saying somewhat an agent in your squad is as da- down comes out through your controller. No, so right, yeah. if you've got headphones in, 
you can't hear that someone's down unless they literally say over the mic, hey, I'm down, can you come pick me up? Which seems a bit yeah. odd. It's just I'm assuming like there'll be something to, to toggle that speaker off and then maybe that will turn it back on. In your, Potentially. In, in, I mean, the, the only thing, the other thing is it's only going to be a PlayStation problem because I don't think the Xbox One has a mic in the no. controller. No, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can imagine that being a, a massive issue and I've not even really ever thought of that, but like I play late at night with my, you know, like two year old son in the next bedroom and my wife, who's extremely grumpy if she gets woken up. <laughs> so if that's blaring away going agent is down agent is down agent is down i'll swear either, either a screaming child or my wife is going to hit me so yeah. yeah i'm gonna have to find that setting and turn it off <laughs> <laughs> too sweet i mean i think it's it's a good point really isn't it that there's a massive looter shooter game come out and the only thing that we're really criticizing it for is Oh, the oh, it's UI minor is gripes, crap, isn't it? And oh, it's, it's it is so it's solid, and that's the thing is that there is nothing offensive about it. The biggest controversy I've seen online so far is that there aren't any flashlights in the game. There, there was right. a, a massive yeah. Reddit post that, that the flashlights exist in the universe, but we can't ha- attach them to guns or whatever. It's, it's like that's, just a, that's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> there are bugs there are a lot of bugs as you would expect with any ubisoft game especially ubisoft's yeah. live service game um there's been a few occasions where i've logged in and the game has decided that it didn't like my character's face so it would give it a new one. Oh uh, yeah it's happened to it happened to me and my cousin uh, my cousin has, has picked a, a white character mm-hmm. like big chubby white white guy and it turned out that i could see him but he was a big slim black guy yeah, it's it's yeah. weird. And then like you'd log out and log back in, it would be okay. But then later yeah. on, it would change again. Um, I've had lots of graphical issues. Sometimes um, we've been in... There are certain assault rifles, for instance, when you're firing them every now and then, it will decide to have like negative um, recoil almost. Okay. So instead, of, So the gun starts to trend down as you're firing. Oh, so, so you th- my th- like muscle memory. You when for playing loads of shooters, you're kind of used to like pulling back on the on the thumbstick slightly when uh, firing to to counteract recoil. But yeah. Every now and then, with certain guns, like the like you start firing and the gun just goes down, just drops. It's really weird. Uh, every now and then, there'll be like audio issues where it sounds like someone is just holding down the trigger constantly, even when they're like you're just walking around and they're not firing at all um sometimes enemies will be look like they're shooting that you're taking damage from an enemy and they're not even facing you um lots of little weird little bugs and stuff like that the sort of stuff that you expect from um a ubisoft game and stuff that they were lying out eventually the only other issue i've got is the that once you've finished doing all the story missions you will still be a good few levels off um like hitting the level cap and then unless you've got people to play with regularly you're gonna have to rely on calling for help which apparently i don't know maybe some people have more luck but no one ever answers my my calls for help and so you have to end up doing the missions alone and because the the ai is so much more intelligent and so much more aggressive uh and you i don't know you feel more squishy than you did in the division one um you you end up hitting having to restart checkpoints a lot because you'll die in it and there's no one you've got no one on your team to 
assist you. Yeah. I've yeah. I found that it, unless I've scouted the level out and, and I've positioned myself in exactly the right place, I, more often than not, I'll get swamped in some way, shape or form. It's normally sort of on the gold bosses. Like I get to the, the boss area and then um, I think, right, okay, this is the spot I need to hang out in. And then you can't just camp down and stay in a spot because the the boss will force you to move, which yeah. is quite clever. But by the same token, it's forcing me to move into a room full of just people ready to murder me. So then what I'm having to do is get smart with... I mean, this is I mean, this is the thing. Is I, I, can't, I don't see this as a complaint because I quite like it as a tactical thing, that it's making me be smarter with my turrets and my... Uh, I use the chem launcher. So what I'm doing now is I'm dropping a chem, dropping a chem launcher pretty much at my feet, running away. They obviously run through that cloud and get taken down, but also then setting up a turret as a second player almost to cover me mm-hmm. while I then find my the cover I want to be in, and then I just have to carry uh, watch one flank as opposed to two. So I take it um, that you haven't met the hammer dudes yet, the hammer bros. No, I haven't got that far yet, but I'm hoping that. Because they'll just walk up and stomp on your turret. That's it. But at least I'm getting enough of a warning to get out of the way. At least that's firing off and giving me that audio warning. If I can get it close and like far enough away, but close enough that I can get up and get away, and then hopefully, you know, it's an audio visual cue if nothing else. Mm-hmm. As long as it, it's not doing damage, but you know, it's it's going to be useful somehow tactically. You know, and and it's things like that. But yeah, I mean, from what I've been like reading other people like speaking about on Twitter, and they're just going, "Wow, they're like this level's hard." And like the I've heard that the like the final final boss is a bit of a pig and to do on your own anyway. And yeah, it's just like I, I I've had a couple of couple of instances where I've had just had to keep bashing my head against a brick wall until I've got there and have felt like you know I should if I'd have just called in one other partner that would have just. I think you know I'd, I'd have breezed through it, but mm. I'm, I, do you know what? I'm at, I'd rather have a game, <laughs> and I know you're going to speak about Sekiro later on. I'm guessing, but um, I'd rather have a game be hard and then make me try and you know find a way to beat it than me just cake walking through it as a kind of you know the the, the great hero. And you know, just making if a game's trying to make me feel good and sort of placating me, I'd, I'd you know I'd feel a little hollow by the end of it. Whereas this actually makes me feel like I'm I'm achieving something. Yeah. So, Sekiro then, mate. Oh no, not not yet, not yet. No, 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 no. no? Are no, you gonna? No. Have, you... Nick said, but Nick said he'd been playing something else as well. Oh right, okay. Yeah, where else? You yeah. Um. So the other day, I thought I've got half an hour spare. I'll go on my old PS4 that's in my uh, in my office, and I, I thought I'll see what I've got there that I can uh, try and pop a trophy or two on. So I settled on Fallout 4, strangely enough, because nice. I had uh, a trophy for uh, completing 10 side missions that most people seem to get in the main playthrough. Now, I've finished every single uh, ending of that game, and I've still not popped it. So I was like, oh, I can't be far off do, doing a couple of side missions. To pop a trophy, and so I, I logged back in, not being there for about a year and a half or something, and I started playing. And that I have such mixed feelings about that game. I proper, I loved it when it first came out. I sunk about, I think my save's got fifty, sixty hours on there, <sighs> and I, I, I ate it up. I loved it. Mm. 
And I just, it felt so clunky and last generation. And I don't like using that, like the term generations to denote things, but it just felt old yeah. in a way that games mm. don't feel old very much. And anyway, I did, I did pop the, uh, pop the trophy, if you're wondering. Uh, I got the Gilded Grasshopper, which was just a little grasshopper thing on top of a building somewhere I had to go and find. But it's just, um, yeah, it felt old and sluggish in a way that I wasn't expecting to because I remember I have a lot of good memories of the game. Um, but I think I, I think I mentioned it to you, Mark. The the issue I have with it now is that I've played The Witcher three. Yep. The Witcher three exists, and they have just blown all of the RPGs out of the water, especially Bethesda ones, because I had the same thing last year where I picked up Skyrim for the first time, and I was like, oh. I really enjoyed Morrowind and Oblivion back in the day, so I'll pick up Skyrim and it'll be great. And it just wasn't. And I've, I, I just, I'd rather pick up more Witcher Three and than, do you know what I mean? Just go and be in that world more, be in living, breathing world, and mm. that feels like there's something interesting to do there. And yeah, you're feels, not going from quest point to quest point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it probably doesn't help in Fallout that I was literally just loading up to do a trophy. So I had <laughs> I had a mission. I, I wasn't there for the story or anything. I was literally just, right, what can I do? Utilitarian. Yeah. Um, but it, I just, I, I think if I picked up The Witcher 3 to do a trophy, I think I'd find myself doing more in the world, whereas Fallout 4, it was just get in, get out as quick as I can sort of thing and... Yeah, a bit bit disappointing, um, but it has made me wonder what Fallout seventy six is like and how long that's going to be until it's free to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've they've got a roadmap of content up till the uh, at least the end of this year of stuff that they're going to be bringing out for their game, so they are supporting it. So I don't February two thousand and twenty. Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, know, possibly before then, we'll see. But um, mm. yeah, uh, the problem I've got with Bethesda uh, is that <laughs> aside from aside from well, no, well, there, there are plenty. Like it's well, no. Uh, so lots of people have problems with the 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 level of bugs and whatnot in the games, and I can totally, I yeah, I I get that. There is a ridiculous level of bugs in those games, and um, that's going to be partly to do with the uh, the engine being very old and creaky. Um, the creation engine's been used for forever now. Um, yep, since Morrowind, so, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, yeah. they make a, a men- they make additions to it, and they make tweaks here and there, and they make graphical improvements. But it's still essentially the same creaky old engine that they're working on. Um, and also the fact that because of the way that those games work. It's kind of impossible to play test to find all of the bugs until they're released, and then the player base finds the bugs, and then they have to try and fix them afterwards because they just didn't know they were there. That is so um, fast; it's, it, the man it's, hours yeah. would be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I have sympathy. I have sympathy with them not finding bugs and stuff because of I'm an, I'm, a, I'm a software developer. The bugs of my life, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's part again, of what they do. The Witcher didn't suffer from as many bugs. I mean, if no. if you go on and if you go on the Fallout Wikipedia, 
every single quest you go on, every literally every single quest, there is at least two bugs listed against it that have not been fixed. And it's three, four years on now. And yep. do you know what I mean? They're out there. They just don't care. Essentially, if they're not if they're not directly game breaking, the tester just doesn't care. And sometimes they don't seem to care if they're game breaking either. <laughs> That's uh, true. Unless it gets in the way of you know the main story. I uh, know the, the 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 bigger problem I've got with Bethesda is that they just don't seem to. They're really good at writing, which is why I was interested that you've been playing through side missions. They're really good at writing really compelling and interesting short stories in these side missions. When it comes to writing like a central narrative, they're mm. never very good. Oblivion wasn't very good. Skyrim very wasn't very good. Fallout Three, Fallout Four, none of them were interesting. The only one of those games has had an interesting storyline yeah. was Fallout New Vegas, and that was written was by Obsidian, yeah. um, which yeah. is why I'm excited think, for Outer Worlds. I was going to say, yeah, what, what's the hype level on Outer Worlds at the moment? I'm, I'm excited for that, because like uh, Fallout New Vegas was the only one of those that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, mm. for, a, for, for a story, just, you know, from oh, a story yeah. perspective. Yeah, but the, like, the way that they... Even down to characters, there's certain characters and stuff that you really feel for and you really care about, and there's some wonderful, wonderful moments in that game. And I actually, like, I remember nothing about Fallout Three. Mm. You know, like, like there, there are moments in Fallout Three, and everyone will go, "Oh, make a ton," and but then that's the first thing you do straight out of the gate. And that the moments in Vegas have stuck with me, uh, and the characters have stuck with me, and I remember them, and I remember where I was and how I, you know, how I interacted with them. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of really quite hyped for Outer Worlds. I really want to. Mm. I'm I'm hoping that they they just basically rip off everything to do with Fallout and make a really cool, you know, sort of re- really cool RPG with less bugs and a competitive. With less story. bugs, well, hmm, subsidian, but yeah, it'll. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah like was... I say, I'm really hopeful. That was Obsidian, but Fallout New Vegas was still Obsidian working with the creation. They were still yeah. using the same engine that Fallout 3 was built on, so there's only so yeah. much you can do. This time they're working on their own engine. Um, Got their own like, stuff. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed for that one, because, yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm getting a little bit sort of, mm. just want it now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you playing anything else, Nick? No, I so, really haven't. Um, and, and painting. Yeah, just painting, if you can call that a game. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to having time to go back into the division because I just enjoy spending time in that world, shooting things, uh, and just exploring it. Really, um, no, we'll, we'll have to set up a clan. We will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm already in one. I can't remember what it's called. Um, something to do with Wombles. But, um... That is that is another bug of division actually. When you go to uh, clan the clan menu, if you click on uh, look for a, a clan a friend is in, then the UI just disappears and you can't do it. Um, I, I think they've put a patch out to fix it now, but I've not been on yeah. since. But it, it was very annoying when I was trying to look for any clans that any of my friends list might have been in. I couldn't yeah. see them. So um, all right, Jazzy, what have you been playing apart from the division? I have been playing nothing but the division. To be fair, <laughs> oh, okay, um... fair enough. But uh, but other than that, um, the only the only sort of news to report this this week is the strange internal sort of battle I've been having with trying to stop myself from buying Sekiro. Um, only in as much as 
I love Dark Souls. Uh, you know, I played through the, a, a good portion of that, and and then that then put me onto Bloodborne, which I've rinsed through, and I I absolutely adore. Like Bloodborne is like up there, top three games of all time for me. And so then I was all, you know, Sekiro's coming out. It looks amazing. And then I watched the Giant Bomb Quick Look, and it really put me off. And it looked really boring. And mm. I can't reconcile my complete hype for a game from from software that's a bit like Dark Souls and what I saw. And I'm really struggling because I want to buy it, but I also know that I'm, I think I might be quite bored by it. And I'm I'm hoping you're going to tell me it's great and it's the best thing since sliced bread, and I should just dive in. Um. Well. Well, let me rattle through. <laughs> that, that's that's the only that's the only one I've actually got anything substantial to talk about. So let me rattle through the other games. That I've been yeah, yeah, do this. it, man. Because that's because that, so, that's where I am at the moment. I'm I'm just in this I'm in this weird limbo where there's a game I want to play, mm. and I can't bring myself to play it because I feel like I'm going to be wasting my money, and I'm we're obviously off to res tomorrow. That that dates yep. the episode. So I'm kind of like more hyped about playing games there. So I've sort of not played anything in the last couple of weeks because I know I'm going to be playing loads of games and I want to just kind of get immersed in all that. So it's, it's a weird limbo. Like it's that lapsed gamer thing of like, it's, I don't know if like most lapsed games, you, you suddenly you get really sucked into a game and it takes all your hours away for months and months and months. And then suddenly you just go for a fallow period. And that's where I am now. And yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And I can't really get my head around it. No. Yeah, so that's that's me at the moment. Well, um, okay, so the only reason I got Sekiro was because uh, a friend of mine who's got... Like, I say, I've talked about before how um, me and my other half have done like a console share thing on our PS4. So my PS4 is her primary and vice versa. So we can share digital games. Um, well, a friend of mine, or a friend of the show, actually, uh, Andy Palmer, um, I probably shouldn't have named him. Because I don't know what what we're doing is legal. I'm sure it is. Oh well, <laughs> you can believe all this. Uh, allegedly, Andy Palmer. Um, <laughs> oh no, what's that? I can, I can hear sirens. <laughs> uh, we console shared on Xbox, so my Xbox is his primary, and vice versa. Um, it's actually easier to do on Xbox than it was on the PS4. It's a really simple process, uh, and then. Once that was done, now basically whenever I go to the list of games that I can install when I'm logged in on my profile, it shows everything that I own and everything that he owns as well. So my catalogue, my library's just gone through the roof. Yeah. Um, so as part of that, I'd seen that he'd got Red Dead Redemption 2. And I played through Red Dead 2 on um, PS4 Pro, and I thought that despite my issues with that game, it was very pretty. Uh, but I'd heard... From from a, a multitude of sources, that the difference between Red Dead Two on X on PS4 Pro and Xbox One X was like night and day. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it on the One X and started playing it, and and it yeah, I, I that's absolutely correct. It is incredibly look, good looking on the Xbox One X. It's stunning. Um, I don't know how they managed to. I know the One X is more powerful, but it's not that much more powerful so i don't know how they managed to make it that much better looking but anyway i've been playing through a little bit more of that again in the early parts of the game that game is good uh because you've got less of the map you've still got plenty of stuff to, to go out and explore and do but you're you're concentrated in a smaller area of the map and so it's not asking you to ride here there and everywhere uh, and i'm just enjoying just spending some time in the world i don't know whether i'll actually finish the game again uh, because 
I got very frustrated with it towards the end the first time through I played it, but maybe on a second playthrough if I take my time and I'm not playing through it, you know, trying to get it finished in a hurry, um, I might enjoy it more. I don't know. Is that something you do a lot, like go back to games and run through them again, like a second time round? Because I've no, I don't do, I just don't do that as a rule. I just like, um, I'm, yeah, I run yeah, a game. I I've done, I've done, I'm done with it. That's it. It gets consigned to the plastic bin in the sky and no, I'll, goes I'll in run the loft. through. I'll run through games. I've played through uh, The Witcher 3 all the way through, including the DLCs twice. I've played through Dragon Age Inquisition uh, all the way through, including the DLCs about three times. Mm. Uh, if I really enjoy a game, I'll play th- all the way through it. Yeah. Um, it, like a lengthy game. It's only obviously the shorter games that I've played through multiple times as well. I've played through all the way through Super Mario World more times than I care to, to remember. <laughs> um and I'm currently part way through a, a second full playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Like, I don't mind doing that. Yeah. But especially if I can play through the game again on a second platform and earn the the achievements or the yeah. trophies all over again, then yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, as part of that, I decided to jump into um, Red Dead Online to see where it's at. Because it's still apparently in beta, which I have problems with i don't think you should be able to call a game a beta if it's if it has microtransactions in it and you're charging money for cosmetics and things like that it's not a beta it's it's a full release it's just the only reason they're calling it a beta is because there's bugger all to do in it uh there's like a handful of missions and some multiplayer stuff and whatnot red dead online's got some serious issues like it should be my ideal multiplayer game because it's you know a big open world where you can go and rob trains and you should well you should be able to go and rob trains play poker you know have jewels Mm. go out hunting whatever explore the world with some mates but what it is is just a big empty map full of some activities and just an endless stream of griefers yeah. And, uh, and I'd imagine it's also fighting against uh, uh, like GTA Five, and they're online. Well, and, GTA you know, Five, especially at this point, GTA Five is oh, GTA Online is what yeah, five so, yeah. or six years old now, uh, yeah. and it's but got like, there's a big so resurgence in like RP in and stuff online in GTA Online. Like, there's a big whole sort of role play thing going on at the moment that people yeah. are getting right into. So it just yeah, keeps having these resurgences. Yeah, and it was with they could they keep on releasing activities for it because there's more scope for them to be able to build on that because it's mm. a modern world they can do lots of crazy stuff. Whereas on in Red Dead Online they're kind of limited by the time frame, um, but that yeah. shouldn't be an issue. Uh, I sh- like I don't care if they don't have all of the crazy things that GTA Online has. I just want to be able to play some Red Dead Online with friends without it being a hassle. But the two main problems is that the 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 griefers. Uh, other players, I, I've rarely come in, in my you know the, the time that I spent playing Red Dead Online. I've rarely come across another player who hasn't immediately started shooting at me as soon as they've seen me, right. uh, and that may be because everybody does it, so they assume when they see another player they're going to do it, so they start shooting first. Even though I'm not interested in that, I don't want to go griefing players at all. Um, there is no passive mode like there is in GTA Online. There are no friends-only lobbies like there are in GTA Online. So if you want to play it, you're going to have to deal with the other players, and it's just it's crap. I hate it. Yeah. Um, the, the other issue is that the, uh, the amount of money you get for completing activities or selling 
animal hides when you go hunting or whatever uh, or fish when you go fishing all that stuff it, the payouts are pathetic and everything that you can buy clothes weapons horses and whatnot there's not much of it you can't go and buy an apartment and a harrier jump jet and a you know a, a garage full of cars because it doesn't exist so they have like a smaller number of things that you can buy and they are all ridiculously expensive ridiculously expensive i ground uh for about two two and a half hours the other day and i made uh and this was just doing missions um uh hunting selling things and i made 50 bucks in two hours <laughs> and i was like okay i'll have a look and see how much uh i wonder how much a fishing rod is so i can actually start fishing in the game and make a bit more money oh it's 130 bucks for a fishing rod <laughs> <laughs> um clothes are really expensive all the guns are really expensive and until you buy new guns you can't do the on the, like the pvp lobbies because you're just well there's no point you're at a disadvantage because yeah. everyone else has got better guns than you Ex- apart from one mode where it's like you just pick up weapons on the on the fly so yeah that i don't know if that's doomed forever but at the moment it's not very good um just run through the other so we've been playing quickly. Uh, I had a quick blast at um, Battlefield Five Firestorm. I only played it for the first time last night, really, uh, with a couple of friends. Um, it's a battle royale game, but in Battlefield. Uh, it seems neat. It seems more. It's closer to a PUBG than like uh, than like an Apex Legends or Fortnite. Uh, it's more more realistic. That, you know actual bullet drop mm. and leading targets and and whatnot and it's yeah it's a it's a bit more realistic it just hardcore. feels like if you're good at battlefield then you'll be good at this yeah I, but i jumped in it don't and bother I, if you're not and i played a little bit and i was like yeah this is fine i'd rather be playing regular multiplayer in battlefield though like yeah because that's what i go to battlefield for i don't go to battlefield to be running around on my own not see anyone for ages and then get sniped by someone i didn't even know was there uh, I don't want to play Battlefield properly, mainly because I'm really bad at the shooting in Battlefield, so I just like being a <laughs> medic. Um, I've been playing a bit of Star Wars Battlefront 2. have got a couple of friends, uh, the two guys who I play a lot of Apex Legends with mm. are both huge Star Wars fans. Like One of them, uh, Jake, yeah. is off to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. I think it's next week. Um, so they're huge Star Wars fans, and we decided to jump back into Battlefront 2, see what it's like, because they've added in a whole bunch of new stuff. They've added in... Count Dooku, General Grievous, and young Obi-Wan Kenobi from the prequels, and I've added in some of the other prequel maps, like uh, Geonosis and, and whatnot, and I'm not a big fan of the prequels, but, you know, it's more content yeah. and whatever, and at least those areas are visually stunning, even if the films were a bit whack. Um, that game is all right. <laughs> it's better than it was at launch. Um, they've added in the ability to actually be able to squad up with friends and stay in a squad with friends, which you couldn't do at launch. Um, mm. and you couldn't do at all in Battlefield, the, the, the previous Battlefront game. Um, it's not very good at balancing. Most games you'll find um, one team snowballs the other, uh, and there's, there doesn't seem to be much opportunity to push back. Uh, you do occasionally get a tight, contested game, and they're more entertaining, but... I don't know. It's just fun to play in that in that game. It's you know it's it's dumb fun and dice yeah. are very good at creating the sights and sounds of Star Wars. And so you know you're playing for a couple of I just love the lack of recoil. 
Yeah. Which actually makes it easier for me to shoot. So and I'll... the fact that like aiming down sights doesn't improve your accuracy or anything. You just just no. whack it in third person, treat it as like a, you know, really casual shooter. And then, yeah. it, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, uh, Splatoon 2, decided to jump back in, into Splatoon 2. Um, that's still, I think, um, my favorite shooter of this generation. Um, I, more so than Overwatch, than Apex Legends, and mm. even um, Titanfall 2. I absolutely love Splatoon, uh, and it's still really good. And uh, I, I booted it up, and not a surprise, uh, there's been another massive update with, you know, 20 odd new weapons uh, and a couple new maps and a bunch of other new stuff. And they're still adding to it, and they're still, I think they're still doing the Splatfests. Um, you know, every every few weeks, I haven't taken part in one for a while. But uh, that game—how's that been affected by obviously being locked behind the um, Nintendo Online now? There's been no—I sh- haven't had any problems getting into matches at no? all. Like any time of day or night, you load it up, and so it's just rolling on as usual. Yeah, I mean, there's still like a still a dedicated hardcore, uh, like professional scene—the ones that only play ranked. Um, and you know get really into the meta of the game but then you know i've never had any problems getting to just the regular battles just the the casual matches you know that game is absolutely huge in france Um, yeah so you'll come across a lot of french players and a lot of them are um you'll see like g and k um prefacing their names and there's a a couple of french youtubers called i think guillaume and kate or guillaume and something Right. Who predominantly they did they mainly do Nintendo stuff and specifically Splatoon stuff and they're the pair of huge YouTubers in France and all of their fans it seems play a lot of Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, that game's still amazing. Um, I've been playing some Golf Peaks, uh, which I picked up for a fiver on uh, on Switch after I saw a giant bomb. Quick look, it's like a golf game, but it's a puzzle golf game, like mini golf. Um, you have like uh, everything's on like a grid system and you have a selection of cards and each of the cards denotes a move so we're like hit the ball one grid place or hit the ball up across two down and then one if you know what I mean like up in the air two down and then it's hard to describe uh, but it's basically like a puzzle game where you're having to where every like hit of the ball is specified by whatever cards you've got and you have to work out right. which cards in which order to use to be able to get to the hole uh, and it's really clever like metal gear acid for golf yeah yeah so yeah kind of yeah um or like uh hitman go or something like that but yeah. um mm. but like spe- specified moves rather than you know moving one space each time Good uh, space, yeah. and i you know I, I played the shit out of uh uh, Hitman Go, I got the platinum on that game, and I was really, really, really proud of myself when I did it. <laughs> that game is really hard, um, and so I'm really enjoying Golf Peaks. And again, I'm I'm not I, I I refuse to use a guide. So at the moment, I'm stuck on one particular level. But I'm like I'm doing the old thing I was doing with um, uh, Hitman Go of like sitting down with squared paper and a pencil <laughs> and trying to work out how to do it that way. Uh, nice. And it's really satisfying. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. We'll move on to the other game. The the reason why I ended up doing the the Xbox uh, like console share thing with a friend was because he wanted me to play Sekiro. And I was like, oh, I don't really know if I can justify or whatever. He's like, well, we'll sort this out. You can give it a try and see if you like it. So, 
Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. It is it's the bigger departure from Dark Souls than Bloodborne was by a long way. Uh, mm. It still shares a lot of DNA with with the, the you know the Soulsborne series, um, but it's it's a much more of a departure than I think people who haven't played it realize. For starters, there is no online uh, at all, um, which so for a plus for starters, you can pause the game and it actually pauses, which is yeah. great. Um, but you can't. There's no you know leaving messages for the players. There's no invasions. There's no helping people out with bosses or being able to call someone else in to help, uh, which at first I was put off by because in previous Soulsborne games, when I've come up against a boss that I just I just couldn't seem to be able to beat, I'd end up summoning help and then overcoming. Mm. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have, like, persisted until I'd beaten them. Um, but Sekiro, you don't get that option. The other, the other thing is that... The, the, well, aside from those, it's the mechanics that have changed completely. Your character can jump. Your character can crouch. Uh, a lot of the game is built around stealth. Um, mm. When you come into a room, like a, you know, an area full of enemies, ideally what you need to be doing is stealthing around and taking them out one by one um, yeah. instead of fighting them head on. Uh, even when you come up against mini-bosses, uh, what the best thing to usually do, if it's possible, is sneak around behind them and get uh, try and get a stealth kill on them. That'll take off like half of their health bar. But the main thing, the main way that the, the combat works is in uh, previous Soulsborne games and other games that have kind of copied that formula is just you're whittling down their health bar until it reaches nothing. And that's how you beat them. In Sekiro, you're not doing that. I mean, the, there are certain enemies you come across where you can't do that. I've come up against a boss at the moment where you can't do physical damage to them. Um, how you beat enemies is breaking their posture. Uh, and in this respect, the game kind of plays, in a weird sort of way, like For Honor, the Ubisoft <laughs> combat game. In that it's a really good representation of sword fighting, I imagine. Yeah, I've heard Bushido Blade used in terms when talking about this game. Yes. And I was a big fan of Bushido Blade. Yeah, it's kind of like a rock, paper, scissor thing. You have yeah. um, three different ways that you can deal with enemy attacks. You can block, you can parry, and you can dodge. Now, in in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you could just usually just dodge everything. Uh, and if you were feeling cocky, you could try and parry. And, you know, sometimes that would work. Um, the window for parrying, it, uh, it's, I don't know whether it's wider, but it feels more doable. Or at least when you can... It's more pronounced. It's more, when you can parry seems more obvious this time around. Um, so there is one particular mini boss that I came up against who the only way I could find to, to beat him is to parry every single one of his attacks. And then what that does is, like, as you're parrying, um, you and your enemy have, like, this little meter that fills up. And when it reaches full, then you're the, then either... If the enemy's meter reaches full, then their posture is broken. And if yours reaches full, then your posture is broken. And then whoever whoever's posture is broken is open to a death kill, which is when you basically stab the enemy and... For almost for for most of the enemies in the game, that's that's it. They're dead. You break their posture, you stab them. They're dead. Um, bosses have uh, usually like two, or in some occasions three. So you have to break their posture twice or three times right. um, in order to kill them. 
and that's easier said than done. You can't really cheese enemies like you used to be able to in some Soulsborne games. You have to you have to go in head on. You have to fight them by the rules the game has set out, and you have to beat them fairly. Does this turn the boss fights into like a rhythm action game at some point where you're just trying to hit the right amount of parries and you know like dodge left dodge right parry parry thrust you know like whatever no absolutely I mean, yeah no it, it, it absolutely is there there was one so there's one particular enemy i came across so i went to um uh, this castle area and there was a mini boss uh, that i came up against and the entire fight was basically he would sidestep around a little bit and then like he with his sword in its in its sheath and there'd be a slight glint from it and then he'd do like a quick double slash and so it was just like wait for that and then you'd see that glint and then it was beat and then i had to like parry parry, parry, parry. yeah uh and then once i'd got that down it was basically like getting into a rhythm uh, yeah. and uh, i've only actually fought one i've i've played i don't know 15 hours of the game maybe i've only actually fought one actual boss um aside from one in the in the prologue that you you you're supposed to die yeah, to forced to yeah you you're forced to and you, you have to die to um uh i've only fought one proper boss um but i fought a number of mini bosses uh, in the game and yeah it is very very rhythm based um mm. but also just kind of reading reading how they're like so uh, for instance like there's um one of the things that enemies can do is like perilous moves so there's, there's a particular bo- a particular mini boss who is hard as nails uh and anyone who's been looking at people talking about this game on twitter will have probably heard about seven ashina spears this big dude with a with a spear mm. um he's just a regular little mini boss he's completely optional you don't even have to fight him but once you once he beats you once, you you have to kind of beat him because he's a dick. Um, and uh, you, you so as you're fighting uh, enemies every now and then, sometimes sometimes they do like a perilous move, and you'll see like a red kanji symbol appear above your head. Oh. And then depending on what they're going to do, it's either going to be like a sweep attack or a grab or a stab. Um, and there's different ways of of um, parrying those. So it's just kind of like reading. So when you see that symbol, you can see like, oh, he looks like he's going to sweep his spear. So that's a sweep attack. So the only way to, to get out of the way, that like you can't block it and you can't parry it. You have to jump over it. Um, so you wait for that and then you can jump. But then you can also jump again and like do like a double jump off the enemy's head and then do an attack. Or if they're going to do like a thrusting thing. Um, so it's Mario Galaxy. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but also when they're, t- when they're going to do like a thrusting attack, instead of like parrying it like you regularly would do, you press the dodge button at the right time and your character kind of moves out of the way and like slams his foot down on their, on their weapon as they thrust it forward. And then mm. you can do massive posture damage that way. And if they do a grab attack, the only thing you can do is get out of the way um, because it's unblockable and unparryable. So it's a case of like getting into a rhythm but then also reading the sort of attack they're going to do and then using the appropriate response because you and can't a, block and i'm guessing occasionally you're coming you're coming back and back and back and you're learning the tales and it's yes. yeah all about information yeah. information gathering at some point you can't you can't uh, there's no uh, stamina at all so you can swing away to your to heart's content um but if you do that you you will end up breaking your posture and opening yourself up to to a killing blow 
Um, it's yeah, it's just a case of of learning each boss's tells and learning how the sword fighting mechanics work and and how the how the the game's rules work and and fighting within those. And once you yeah. get that, it's it's really really good like uh, it's it's in terms of combat it's the most satisfying of those games i've ever played of of uh, from software's games mm. i'm still not sure about the world um be- yeah. because bloodborne kind of spoiled me like yeah, the dark souls games you know that they're they're, they're they're the world and the story and the lore and everything is is interesting but it's it's also kind of like you know well you know it's just western fantasy a japanese interpretation of a western fantasy sort of thing but it's also not in your face so you no. could there is it's conceivable that you could go through that entire game and not really pay much attention to the lore at all no but you'd be missing out if you get did that through it. Oh yeah, um, you would be massively, but I, I can imagine there's a lot of people who've played through that game and just gone, what, what, what? Sorry, what story? Yeah, I just went through and killed the things. But um, Bloodborne had like was had that amazing like eldritch horror, HP yeah, Lovecraft type, sort you know? of stuff, and like yeah. that the world and the story and everything was so cool, or at least to me, I, I found it so interesting and and engaging. Um, Sekiro is a bit different. It's it's still got fantastical elements. Um, I was about I don't know two or three hours into the game, and I came across like a giant snake, and I fought like ogres and things like that, and some really mm. weird stuff. Um, but it's not quite as fantastical. Um, it's it's and it's it's more drawing upon traditional Japanese folklore, which is really interesting. Yeah. But it's it's not grabbing me so far as much as Bloodborne did. Um, that's but that is literally the only negative I've got with that game. Yeah, it does sound to me like well, um, from what I've seen, it just sounds to me like it's it, it's a pu- it's a it's a bunch of puzzle bosses interlinked with some you know some annoying enemies, and I don't know if I'm. If I'm up for that, now the enemies that the enemies are only annoying if they if you get it if you manage to get yourself into a situation where you're fighting like you know two or three of them. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's like you're supposed to you're supposed to get in like you you sometimes you'll come across an area where there'll be a mini boss and you know, fifteen enemies around yeah. them, and you're supposed to go round and stealth all of the enemies one by one until just the boss is left, and then take on the boss head to head. Um, there'll be a lot of occasions where you have to fight enemies head to head, but it's usually like you know, you, you, yeah. there's always a way to separate them and draw them, draw know, them so apart. There's part of me that's thinking this is this is also like sort of how I played Metal Gear Five. Um, you know, like you, you go into an encampment, you pick off each enemy one by one till you get down to the the last guy, you take him out, and then you go and save the hostage, and then you get and then you extract in a helicopter. Yeah, uh, and. That that seems this that feels how Sekiro feels, but instead of extracting a hostage, you've got to now fight a guy who's really complicated and is going to take multiple attempts to figure out. Yeah, it's, yeah, kind of. But um, I can't I can't uh, uh, understate. The, There's a feel the that of... I, I I'm I'm obviously missing from not playing it. Yeah, that obviously underlies something that makes it just 
elevates it, I guess. Aside from one boss fight that I haven't been able to get, uh, guess, well, one mini boss fight that I haven't been able to get past because it takes place in a rather small environment and I haven't been able to, well, basically you're fighting both the boss and the camera uh, and mm-hmm. uh, because uh, yeah, it's it, it is basically you'll end up getting pushed into a corner and then getting killed by the boss when you can't even see them because the camera's wigging out. Um, Capra Damon. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It ha- there's one that it happens at least once in every from software game and I don't know why they keep doing it. They keep forcing you into fighting a boss or a mini boss or something in a tiny little environment and you you end up fighting the boss and the camera because the camera system's really bad. But is that not a nod and a wink to all the other games? I'm sure there's, you know, there's a maybe some dragon-like thing putting down fire on something or, you know, they they, they like doing that stuff like, they like putting in little throwbacks. They like beer. It seems. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, be apart bitter. from that, like every single boss fight has been incredibly challenging, incredibly frustrating, but also really, really satisfying. Yeah. And because you can't call for help, and because there is no leveling system, there's like skill it's on trees. You like completely. you earn you earn experience that you can use to unlock abilities on a skill tree, but you can't. You don't level up your. Um, you know, you can't like go farming for souls to be able to boost your HP and your attack damage until you basically overpowered for that particular boss fight. It's gated. Like yeah. the only thing that uh, will let you increase your attack power and your um, health and your posture meter is beating bosses. You get prayer beads from beating bosses, and once you've got four prayer beads, you can form a necklace, and then you get an upgrade to your posture and health bar. And every time you beat a proper boss, you get a memory which will increase your attack power. So you only get more powerful as you go through the game. You don't, you can't you can't sit and farm away and and you no. know over level for an area until you can punch through a boss. When you come up against a boss, you will be as powerful as the game wants you to be at that point, and nothing more. And so every single fight feels. At first, feels unfair, but then you realise that it, it that it's completely it, it, the game is completely fair. It, the rules, apart from <laughs> one fight with the crappy camera, um, <laughs> you're you're basically just as long as you play to the game's rules and you 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 recognise how the the enemies are going to attack and you you know how to respond to each type of attack. Every single boss is entirely doable, even to someone like me. Who's but not that's a hallmark of all of these games, isn't it? That everyone wangs on about how difficult they are, but but even more so, like because you know, in previous games, you could just kind of like find a way to cheese a boss and whittle their health down. But, yeah, and that was fine. You but know, no, you can't. You can't whittle a boss's health down. Like I'm, I'm coming up against a, go- a, a, a mini boss at the moment who is a, a, a big dude in like hulking armor and because he's wearing armor from head to toe you can't deal any damage to his health the only way you can beat him is to like is to um break his wear him down and break his posture and then kick him off the edge of a bridge so you have to you have to break his posture in exactly the right place so that you can kick him off the edge of a bridge there's no other way to beat him you can't cheese him you have to beat him the way that the game wants you to beat him 
So is this just from like sort of being your dad and standing over and you go, you will keep doing this until you get it right? I think it's just from trying something different. It's 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 got elements of Tenchu. It's got elements, like you were saying, a Bushido, a Bushido blade. It's just them yeah. trying to do something different. Like I mean, they could have just made another Bloodborne. Why not? Dark yeah. Souls style game. No, they tried to do something different and it's departure, but it's really satisfying and it works. Um, it's pushing a, It's pushing an the ethos that they've always had into a different direction yeah. and that can't be bad it is it is in some ways the most accessible game they've ever made it's got tool tips like comprehensive yeah, tool that. tips i've heard that's kind of a people are speculating that that's an activision thing and that yeah. they've um, i don't know they've, maybe because no, they've, they've, they're hanging out with a western developer that's kind of uh, a western publisher so mm. they've, they've been told to kind of make it slightly more accessible so maybe um, yeah. So in that sense, it's the most accessible, but because of the way that the combat works and the the speed at which some of the bosses move, uh, it's also feels significantly harder. And it's mm. it spawned a whole debate about whether this sort of game should have an easy mode or not. I personally Artist. don't think it should. I it would it would like get in the way of. Yeah, it would water down what this sort of game is, uh, and I'm not trying to be elitist at all. I don't, I can't say um, with any certainty that I will beat Sekiro. At the moment, it doesn't feel like I will, um, but I, and I don't think it should have. It should be any easier. Like the, mm. the game is designed to be exactly as hard as it is. Um, you just yeah. need to get good. Well, it's not even that. I mean, I, from what I've seen, and I, to be honest with you, I haven't engaged with any of this because I, I find it incredibly and it's it's the flavor of the month problem that's going to go away in another week but it just feels like game there's always been hard games there's always been easy games there's always been games that is accessible you know some some games aren't for everyone but then you know i i understand that oh no we should make all games for everyone and we should make everything easy and everyone should be able to experience it and you know like maybe we don't Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference between game being accessible and a game being difficult. Accessibility is about things like, um, you know, colorblind settings and ease of navigation around the UI for people who uh, can't, you know, have certain disabilities and things. Whereas, mm. if a game, if a game is hard and designed to be hard, then that's what the developer envisaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the opposite example is Celeste which is an incredibly yeah. hard game by default, but then they put in a load of menus to make it a lot easier if you want to. Yeah. And yeah. the developers clearly thought, right, we want to do this. So that's their vision. Whereas From Software have never done that. They've always been about, yeah. you need to learn how to be good at this game, almost. Yeah. And I mean, if you go back to like the 80s and stuff, there were impossible games. There were platformers where you had to make impossible jumps, split-second frame, frame accurate jumps. And no one complained about it then. And no. it, oh, do you know I don't I mean? know, it's... mate. <laughs> I've, oh, no. I've seen people in in arcades complaining about Contra and games like that back when I was a yeah, kid. Man. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're always you're always going to get some form of complaint of oh, this is too hard. It, it's quite hard. Mm-hmm. But I think these days, especially, um, it, it's becoming a thing of. Um, whether it's the developer's intention and vision for it to be hard or whether it is too hard. Uh, For example, the um, Red Dead Redemption Online example, not that it's hard, but it takes a lot of grinding. That's not, I'm sure that's not Rockstar's intent. It's just that they've not quite got it right. Yeah. 
I just I just feel that some of, some of this argument is down to people going, I should be able to play anything, anything I want, and I should be able to experience it all. And I just think, do you know what? You know, um, we've we've been spoiled. You know that we we can pick all these games up. But do you know what? I I couldn't play all the games back in the eighties. It's not, you know, you, you don't you don't have to play everything. You know, you don't have to... Ca- Just because Sekiro is the big flavour of the month game, do you know what? You don't have to pick it up. No, you don't. Yeah. And, uh, do you know what I mean? You don't have to put the effort... If I can shamelessly plug for a second, uh, if you head over to the Laps Gamer Radio YouTube channel, I've assembled a list of uh, 10 hard video games that probably might be more suited to you if you don't I've got to say, Sekiro. and this is not blowing smoke up your posterior, but um, I, I did watch that video and... I agree with every single one of those games. It was almost like I'd somehow made the video and then you just narrated it. <laughs> like it was, I mean, there it was just like, oh, I love that game. Yeah, that's really hard, but I love it. Oh, I love that game. It's really hard and I love it. And it was brilliant. And it was just like, yes, you've absolutely nailed this, Mark. I so was well only going to do you, five uh, and then ended up doing 10. And there's probably a few games, though, there are a few games that probably would have made it onto the list if I played it and then it would have ended up being the top 15. Mm. Stuff like um, the top two hundred games. Uh, top two, oh. yeah. Stuff like Hollow Knight uh, uh, apparently is really, really good and um, falls into yeah. that sort of uh, into a similar sort of mold as as like uh, mm. Salt and Sanctuary, and it's like a Dark Souls esque two D platformer. Um, I could have put games like Rogue Legacy in there as well. I could have put Splunky in there. I think um, there's so many games like that now, and it, yeah. they're, and they're all fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's very hard to separate them. You yeah. know, you've got stuff like Assault Android Cactus as well. Yeah, uh, Nuclear and, Throne. Yeah, I mean, there's just so, so many, and it's just, it's a wonderful oh, time dude, for I those put, times. I, oh, man. I just thought I should have put, <laughs> put Luftrousers in there as yeah. well. Oh, man, that game. Um, yeah, there are no shortage of, like, if you want, like, a challenging game, but... Uh, you want something that's going to be more bite-sized or maybe something that's just going to be a little bit easier to get into, if not easier to play, um, then there's plenty of games out there. Um, Sekiro yeah. is not a game for a lapsed gamer um, no. at all. Like It requires a significant time commitment. Yeah, I think, I think I've... Uh, though I still do want to play it, I've, I've sort of put it into that part of my brain that says... I will play this two years down the line when it's cheaper and there's a bunch of patches for it. And the thing and is, like previously, that would have prob- that would have possibly worked against you. Like if you were to play, if you were to say, um, if you play Darks, uh, Dark, play Souls. Dark Souls or uh, Bloodborne, the week it comes out, and you come across a boss that, that you're struggling with, you like drop down a summon sign. You're going to have someone there immediately to help you because there's loads of people yeah, yeah. playing it. And then later on, that's not so much the case because this game is completely offline. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but the thing is, is like I played. Dark Souls, I played Dark Souls very, very, very late, and there was no. I I played both games without online. You know, I think I I've only summoned on the first on the gargoyles on in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did I get to? I can't remember where I got to now. But then and then like I, yeah, I cruised through most of Bloodborne without a problem, completely offline. So I've never. I've never dabbled in any of that kind of stuff and it's never bothered me and I've always been sort of late to the party in these games. So being late to the party on Sekiro doesn't really bother me either, I suppose. It's, it, it hasn't dulled the experience in the other two, so I don't see why it would 
change the experience. No. You know, not playing it day one. No, now. it, it, it won't know? at all. I mean, the only reason why um, you may be tempted to at the moment is because it's what lots of people are talking about on the internet. That's it, man. That's and, and and uh, like uh, at some point, I do feel like a lot of these com- a lot of these conversations are just so that people can be part of the conversation, and that sort of gets in the way of stuff a lot at the moment. If you, uh, the discourse online, anyway. I mean, that kind of works. Uh, it works to a certain extent. I don't know how much with Sekiro. Uh, at the moment, the conversation have all been, have you come up against this boss? Yeah, I have fought that boss. They're really hard, aren't they? Yeah, they're really hard. And that's kind of the, the extent of the conversations. Whereas yeah. with like previous From Software games, a lot of those conversations in like, you know, the opening weeks and months that a game has been out is been around like the really obfuscated lore and storyline of the game and people mm. discovering little secrets and stuff like that's been really cool and so yeah there's not so much of that well it doesn't seem like there is anyway no the story's kind of here. more up and front like it's not like there are there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue in this game with a lot so of NPCs. i can't imagine epic name bro kind of rinsing out a load of hidden lore out of this game I'd, oh, there might be I don't know I've been trying to avoid spoilers as much as possible um, <laughs> so but at the moment there doesn't seem to be as much environmental storytelling or storytelling through item descriptions and things like that than there has been yeah. in previous From games but then it's not a Soulsborne game no so I don't know who knows no. the, the rules have changed everything's changed yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really really good. I don't know at this point if it's better than or even as good as Bloodborne. Um, it's the tightest gameplay I think in any um, yeah. from game that I've played. Um, I'm not, but I'm not sure I enjoy the setting, the storyline quite as much. Um, it's got much more pluses and minuses um, over other Soulsborne games um, or from games. It's not a Soulsborne game got to get out of like it, it's it's really easy to game. yeah it's really easy to, to compare it to those games but it really shouldn't be because it's not it shares some yeah. dna and some connective tissue with those games but it's very very different um every most aspects of that game play very differently from from uh, bloodborne and, and dark souls and demon souls and so on so so you're telling me it's like sort of vegetarian bacon it looks like bacon it smells like bacon it's not bacon um but even that kind of tastes like bacon. It's more like um, it's like a, a, a pack. What are those like awful bacon flavored crisps? Frazzles. Frazzles. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like frazzles to bacon. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Kind of. I don't know. <laughs> Stick that in your review. But I don't like frazzles, and I do like Sekiro. So <laughs> you're so wrong. Frazzles are gorgeous. Oh, no, they're bad crisps, man. <laughs> not even crisps. They're like, they're like quavers. I just want. I just want you to pour salt in my face. Oh, fair enough. Um, I don't think you should be allowed to be called a crisp if you're not actually made out of potato. No, that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sekiro is... I, I'm really enjoying it, but I, it, I could not, in good conscience, recommend it to a lapsed gamer. Um, there are plenty of better options out there. Mm. Go and play Titan Souls instead. Okay, well, that's the end of this episode. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, me and Chazzy will have been to EGX Rezd down at Tobacco Yay. Dock or Tobacco Docklands, whatever it's called, down in London. I'm looking forward to just having, you know, like, my mind blown for an entire day. Yeah. For loads of new new experiences. 
and uh, yeah, it's gonna. I'm just gonna come out. And I'm gonna. I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna go in there, and I'm just gonna be. Oh, it's all gonna be platformers. It's always platformers and third person isometric. You know, uh, con, you know, dungeon crawlers. And then yeah. I come out and I go, oh my god, I've seen this amazing thing that was, you know, built out of bits of wood, and you know, you have to scale a mountain or, or something, some weird contraption. I'm really <laughs> excited. Know. And then, to... I, and then I start raving about stuff like that. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to just these completely weird, wacky games that I'm going to see tomorrow. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing Dreams again. I know it's not technically an indie game. A Medium Molecule owned by Sony. I think they are. No, they're not. Okay, do they? The second party. But they're but they're not what you'd call an indie studio. I mean, they they employ a fair few. They people. are funded by Sony, but not owned by Sony. Okay, um, but Dreams is there again. That game comes out in early access later this month, uh, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it again. Um, there's a few other games I'm looking forward to playing. Uh, there's some weird ones there. Rocket League is there. Um, there's a whole bunch of other games oh, that have been out for a long time. There'll be loads time. of stuff there that you've, you know, yeah. But there's a whole list of, like, interesting games out there. There's there's a few indie games that I played at EGX last year that I'm looking forward to getting my hands on again, like Fogs, um, which is a pretty cool little puzzle, twin-stick puzzle game where you control two ends of a kind of push-me-pull-you sausage dog. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, really cool yeah, little yeah. game. Um, yeah, that was, yeah. And that's there again, and there's a whole list. Um so by the time this episode comes out, we'll have already been there. We may have an episode later in the week of our reaction. Depends if we manage to get on Nike, um, maybe Monday <laughs> and record something. But we'll see. Yeah. So look out for that. It may or may not exist. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, head over on over to the YouTube channel. And you can check out that video we talked about, the um, top 10 Do hard it. games Do for laps games. Um, yes, yeah, it's not bad, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> head on over to Twitter uh, at LapsGamer uh, you can drop us an email to uh, LapsGamerRadio at gmail.com and if you go over to our website LapsGamer.com Andy has uh, with assistance from a couple of us put together a preview of all the good stuff that you can look forward to in, in most forms of media I don't think he covered theatre or anything like that <laughs> but what, the opera yeah darling um, what, what what sort of stuff you can look forward to this month there's actually a lot of good stuff coming out this month good music good games some interesting books Game of Thrones is back so yeah uh, that's it thanks for listening cheers <laughs> like rock and roll stadium ending <laughs> thank you and good night <laughs>